Turn with me, if you would, this morning to the book of John, chapter 19, and stand with me this morning for the reading of God's Word. John, chapter 19. John, chapter 19. We're going to be reading this morning, beginning at verse 28. Jesus has been crucified. It's about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He was crucified at 9 o'clock in the morning. And at 3 o'clock in the afternoon or between the evenings, the Paschal Lamb for the nation of Israel was slaughtered. And at that same time, Jesus was saying these words. John 19, 28 says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scriptures might be fulfilled, says, I thirst. And there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon a hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Heavenly Father, thank you, O God. Thank you, Lord God, for your direction. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the wonderful things that you've done. And now, God, I pray for the next few minutes, O God, that you would lead and guide and direct my every word, O God. Father God, may I not speak of my knowledge, O God, but may I speak, Father God, your words, Lord. And may you receive all glory, Lord God. All honor, all power, all purpose goes unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords, God. I lay down my every thought, Lord God, that your thought might live. Father God, anoint our ears to hear today, God, and anoint our spirits to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Religion is the worst thing that you can come in contact with. Religion is the worst thing that you can come in contact with. Because religion is nothing more than a list of do's and a list of don'ts. Religion wants to justify you because of your actions. They want to justify you because you don't smoke and you don't chew and you don't run with those who do. So therefore, you must be a good person. And religion will leave you with a system of laws and, and things that you cannot possibly fulfill and religion doesn't have a purpose of bringing you into closer relationship with God religion has a purpose of causing those who are over the religion to line their pockets with your funds to give them your lives to let them be your God and a purpose of a person who is religious is only those of the flesh there is no spirit there is no anointing there is no satisfaction there is no power there is nothing but a continual trudge of living a life day after day to those who are religious. Jesus did not come to bring you religion. He did not come to bring you a system of do's and don'ts so that you could feel like you're doing something good because you've suddenly become religious. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. Give me that old-time religion. It's good enough for me. You know, Ricky, God told me to do something a while ago when you were coming down, and I just thought about it. Would you stand right there where you're at? And I want five guys that are in that area, I want one of you to come up here and get this oil. And one of you five guys, whatever five guys you are, come here, Brent, or Chuck, whichever one of you. doesn't matter to me. I got one for each of you if you need it. I want you to go anoint him with oil, and I want us to pray that God would complete the work that he's begun in Ricky's life. I believe God set him apart today to heal his body completely. So let's lift your hands this way and let's pray right now that God would complete the healing that God has begun in Ricky's body. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, God, 
Hallelujah. God, complete the healing, Lord God, that you've begun. Father God, you didn't, you didn't begin this work, Lord God, to give him a halfway. But Lord, you began this work, oh God, to completely heal his body. And in the name of Jesus, Lord God, Father God, I thank you today, God, that you are completing a healing today, God. Lord, that this body gets strength, oh God. That this mind, oh God, gets complete healing, oh God. That functions, Lord God, come back to him, oh God. Father God, that you bless him, that you anointing, that you send him forth, oh God. Lord, heal his body today in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood of Christ upon his mind. I plead the blood of Christ upon his home, O oh God. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, complete what you've started, God. 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 Hallelujah, Father. I thank you, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God. I thank you, O oh God. I thank you, Lord God, for your healing power. I thank you for your anointing, God. I thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord God, for completing a work, O oh God, that you've begun. God, I give you praise, O oh God. I worship you, O oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We receive it today, God. We receive it even now, God. Even now, God, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus, right now, be healed, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your healing touch, God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning, would you? Say amen. Say praise the Lord. Say glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he built a garden. And in that garden, he put man, a man and a woman, Adam and Eve. And over the course of time, you know the story, over the course of time, Eve fell, and then Adam followed her. And from that time forth, God removed them from the garden. They, they went from being holy to being unholy. And nothing that's unholy is going to enter into the garden of God. Do you hear me? Nothing unholy is going to enter into the garden of God. He said, if you love father, mother, sister, brother more than me, you don't love me. If you're not holy, you're not moving into the body and the garden of God. He has created that garden for those that are holy and righteous. And therefore, since Adam and Eve had now become unholy and now had followed after the devil, God removed them from that garden and he put a cherub at the door with a flaming sword that said, your kind, your unholy kind can never enter in. And mankind from that day forward began following after their own will and after their own lust. And God... Hallelujah. But God, hallelujah, desiring to have relationship with his creation made a way that man might be in relationship with God and it was the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer. If you sinned, then you brought a lamb. If you trespassed, then you brought a ram. And each sin and each trespass was covered with the blood of an animal. And for the next 2,000 years, the blood of animals covered the sins of man. And then God came through Moses and he gave 10 commandments. And he gave 10 commandments that man might have relationship with God. And all he asked mankind to do was follow the 10 commandments. But men found that they couldn't live under the 10 commandments. They couldn't lie. 
They could not steal. They could not covet. They could not help but take God's name in vain. They had other idols. They couldn't follow the Ten Commandments. So what did God do? He continued with the sacrifices and the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer. For 2,000 more years, they tried to come into contact with God with sins being covered by the blood of an animal. But then God sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And Jesus shed His blood on a cross and that blood was the blood that caused man to be able to have his sins forgiven. My, my, my sins aren't covered. My sins aren't covered. If you don't know Jesus, your sins are open. You feel them. You experience them. You know them. You're, they're there. You're, you're probably right now trying to explain away everything I'm saying. You're probably right now trying to take a mental vacation to go somewhere else because right now you realize that your sins are exposed before people, before men, before all. Your sins can't be covered any longer. Oh, before they could be covered, but now they can't be covered. Why? Because God has made a way where there was no way. God made a road where there was no road. God made a path where there was no path. Why? Because He no longer desired fellowship with us through a glass darkly. No longer desired... Oh, God. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> he no longer desired a relationship with me that was a long-distance relationship. You ever had a long-distance relationship? You ever, tried to, you ever tried to maintain a relationship with your husband or your wife or your children by calling them on the phone every once in a while and talking to them or going on FaceTime and saying, Hey, how you doing? I've got a long-distance relationship with my, my son. He lives in Athens, Greece, as most of you know. And we have a long-distance relationship with our kids. We see them on the, on the thing. We talk to them. They joke around with us. They, they change our names. You know, They call us Nani and Nanny and Noony and all kind of stuff. And we have fun and we cut up. But it's a long-distance relationship. You know, and long distance at best, and long distance is better than nothing. FaceTime is better than nothing. I praise God for FaceTime. But I want to tell you something. When he lands in the States or when I land in Greece and I hug those kids and I hug my son and we're having a relationship that's not long distance, I'm telling you, it's better. Oh, hallelujah. It's better. It's better. It's better. It's much better. And you, could, you had a long-distance relationship with God. Oh, you could see Him through a glass darkly. You could talk with Him. He talked to some people through a glass darkly. You never could experience His glory. You never could experience His power. You never could really experience His forgiveness because your sins were simply covered. You were still unholy, but God made a way where you could have a relationship with Him. But when Jesus Christ died on a cross, He said it's finished. And when He said it's finished, He meant that glass, that veil that kept me from Jesus, that veil that kept me from the Father, that veil was split from the top to the bottom and now Jesus Christ is in my world and I'm in His world. I'm no longer looking through a glass darkly but now face to face. Now face to face. Now face to face. I'm no longer, I'm no longer unholy. I'm no longer unholy, 
But see, whenever I step through the veil of the blood of Jesus Christ, I become Higion. Higion. Higion is the highest form of holiness. Higion is what the high priest possessed when he stepped behind the veil. Higion is that holiness that's acceptable unto God. And through the veil of Jesus Christ, as I step through that veil and allow the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive me of my sins, I'm no longer covered under the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer. But now I've walked in and I'm face to face, no longer through a glass darkly, no longer trying to feel my way through he said sometimes we feel our way through, but I don't have to do that with Jesus because he knows my will and I know his will. And when his will becomes my will, now I'm walking with the Father. His love is my love. His power is my love. His anointing is my anointing. I, I, I'm, I'm not Jesus, but I am the representative of Jesus. He gave me his power of attorney. He gave me his power of attorney. So I can speak to demons under the power of attorney given to me by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. I can speak under the demonic forces of depression and anxiety. And I can speak to the demonic forces that come against me and come against you. And I can plead the blood of Christ and I can bind them. I can cast them out. I can rebuke them. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the blood-washed Son of the Most High God. There's no power. There's no authority above the earth, in the earth, or under the earth that can come against one who's covered and washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, who's made him their power and their authority, who's accepted the presence and the price for sin and now has moved from unholiness to holiness. Praise God. But to make that move, you've got, you've got to follow the same path that Jesus had to follow. You've got to follow the same path. You can't do this on your own. It's not a matter of the will. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, that people weren't born of the will of the flesh or of the will of man or, of the, or, the, or, the, or the blood of man. You can't make that move because you will it. You hear me? Do you know what I'm saying? You can't make that move because you simply want to be better. Are you hearing me? You can't make that move because you simply want to change something. You can't make that move simply because you think it would be a good thing to do. You can't make that move from alcohol to no alcohol, from drugs to no drugs, from pornography to no pornography, from anxiety, from depression, from feelings, from, from grudges, from, from all the things that you carry in here with you this morning. You can't make that move just by the will of man you got to do it the way Jesus did it. If you noticed in that, he said in order to fulfill the scriptures, verse 28, in order to fulfill the scriptures, in order to fulfill the scriptures, you've got to understand that the Bible is the way, the truth, and the life. That if it's written in that book, then it's God's word to you. Every promise in the book is mine, but every commandment in the book is mine. <laughs> and if you love him, you'll keep his commandments. Hallelujah. 
And I want to tell you this morning that the first thing in order to make that move from death to life, in order to make that move from seeing God behind the glass darkly to seeing God face to face, the first move to remove that veil from in front of you and put Jesus Christ into your world and your world into His world, the first move is to obey the Scriptures. To understand that this life that you're living, according to the Word, is, is an unholy life. That you find yourself in an unholy world. And I'm going to tell you something. If any of you think that if Donald Trump goes back in the office, suddenly everything's going to be roses again, you're wrong. It may look better on the surface. The stem may look better. The economy may look better. Other things may look better. But the moral rottenness that lives beneath the surface is going to remain. And as long as the root is unholy, the branch is unholy. And as long as the root is unholy, the branch is unholy. And as long as the root is unholy, the branch is unholy. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. It doesn't change because of who sits in the White House. It changes according to Scripture where Jesus sits. And when He sits in control, then things begin to change because He deals with the root and not the branch. You see, you don't need a better president. You don't need a better Congress. You don't need a better job. You don't need a better mate. You don't need a better girlfriend. You don't need a better boyfriend. You don't need a better brand of whatever it is you do. None of that stuff's going to help you. Because in order to, to know the kind of things I'm talking about, the first thing you've got to do is understand that this book says that you're unholy. You're unholy. Not because of anything you've done, but because of who you are. And that unholiness will separate you from God. So this morning, I don't care how much you lift your hands. I don't care how much you shout. I don't care how much you enjoy the music. I don't care if you tap your foot. I don't care if you sing. I don't care if you roll your eyes. Whatever you do, it doesn't matter. Because if you hadn't followed the book, you're still unholy. Ain't this good preaching. Number one. Because the book said for him to say, I thirst, he followed the prophetic word of the book. Number two, he said, I thirst. I thirst. You know, I, I, uh, we're fixing to come into the summertime. And in the summertime, you get thirsty. Have, have you ever been so thirsty that your tongue stuck to the roof of your mouth? You know, some, some nights, it's, it's rare, but some nights I am rudely awakened by an elbow in my rib. I am rudely awakened by a foot in my back. And I awake out of my sleep with a shout. Ah! And I turn over and I say, what are you doing? And she says, you're snoring so loud I can't sleep. And I'll say, I'm not having any trouble. Or at least I wasn't. And she said, if you'll go in the living room, I won't either. And most of the time when that happens, I realize something. My tongue... It's stuck to the roof of my mouth, and my mouth and my throat are dry. 
Would you like of an example of what that sounds like? And I realized that if I would simply go and drink a little bit of water and wet my mouth and wet my throat, then I can go to sleep and sleep peacefully whatever's left of the night. (laughs) But it's because I thirst. It's because I thirst. And the Bible says, blessed are you when you hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you're happy living in your sin, if you're happy with the feelings that you have, if you're happy with being lost, if you're happy with with having everything in the world control your every emotion, if you're happy with all the drama, then then you're not going to change your life. It's when you begin to say, I thirst. It's whenever you begin to say, I know there's a better way. It's whenever you begin to say, I know that there's something I can do that would change my anxiety. It's when you get tired of the drama, when you get tired of the drama, of every day, when you get tired of looking at Fox News and being so mad that you want to throw your phone, when you get tired of everything that's going on in society, when you get tired of the emptiness of your life, when you get tired of searching after everything in the world and trying to find happiness in drugs and alcohol and money and women and fortune and fame and recognition and only to find out that those things are always empty and dry and unfulfilling because somebody's always there to squash your parade. Somebody's always there to kick you in the back and say, wake up from your dream. You're snoring so loud the rest of us can't sleep. Somebody's always there to squash your dream. Somebody's always there to try to change your direction. Somebody's always there to rain on your parade. And whenever you begin to get tired of those things happening and you begin to say, I thirst for something better. I thirst for something better. Jesus on the great day of the feast said, come unto me, all ye that, no he didn't, he said, John 7, 37, come on Scott. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. For out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit. If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. For out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. If you're going to change your life, if you're going to change your heart, if you're going to change your direction, if you're going to change your attitude, if you're going to change your lifestyle, then the first thing you've got to understand and you've got to have an experience of is that you're unholy. And the next thing you have to do is to begin to thirst for a change Thirst for something different. Thirst for a different life. Thirst for a different direction. Thirst for a different ending. Thirst for a different thing that God has prepared for you. Because until you get in the holiness and the will of God, you do nothing but search your life and thirst. I'm going to stay right here. When he completed fulfilling the scriptures of Lord, I thirst. Then God the Father, Jesus, released His Spirit to God the Father. He released His Spirit, did He not? What did He say? It is finished. And He gave up the ghost. He released His Spirit. Once you begin to thirst, the second step is for you to release your spirit. Why do you have to do that? Why did Jesus have to do that? Why do you have to do that? Why do I have to do that? Why do you have to release your spirit? What does that even mean, release your spirit? 
It means simply choose to give up your old ways. Hang on just a second. I don't want to embarrass anybody this morning, but when I was worshiping a while ago, the Lord laid something on my heart He wanted me to do today, and it just came back to me again. So if you don't want to stand, you don't have to stand. You don't have to. But if the Lord has delivered you today that you were a drug addict, but now you're free from drugs, I don't mean that you, that you simply don't do it. I mean you're free from it. Would you stand with me this morning? You say, I was a drug addict, but now I'm free. Look around you. Give him a hand, would you? I once was a drug addict, but now I'm free. <laughs> All right, you can be seated. I was an alcoholic, but now I'm free. Anybody want to stand today and says, I was an alcoholic? <laughs> But now I'm free. I was an abuser. Pornography, attitudes. I was an abuser. I was somebody who was constantly under just drama issues. I was constantly abusing things like, I don't know, pornography or friends. I was an abuser. I was somebody like that. But now God's made me a peaceful person. Now I'm full of peace. Anybody here this morning? You once were full of turmoil, anger, malice, wrath. I hope they get theirs. But you've let that go. And now you're full of peace. Anybody this morning? Amen. Give them a hand. Amen. Give them a hand. That's releasing your spirit. They released their spirit. They released their unforgiveness. They released their anger. They released the things that were separating them from God. They let them go. They decided it wasn't worth seeing that person get revenge. It was better to release them. It wasn't worth continuing to go down that road of, of alcoholism or drug abuse. It was doing nothing but destroying their lives. And so they released it. They pushed away from all of those friends. They pushed away from all of those friends and acquaintances that brought them down and put them in those situations. They released it. And if you're going to follow Jesus this morning, you're going to release some things. You're going to release your own will. You may even release some things that you love. You may even release some things that you love, but that you know destroyed your life. Jesus released his spirit. And because he released his spirit, he was able to be reborn. And this morning, I want to tell you that God this morning is looking for you to be reborn. He's looking for you to be able to follow Him from unholiness to holiness, from unrighteousness to unrighteousness. Jesus Christ, the Bible tells me, was made the propitiation for my sin. Propitiation is just a 50-cent word that means He satisfied God's legal requirements. He satisfied them all. And because he was holy, he was put in the ground during the feast of Passover. You know what Passover was? That's whenever the blood of the lamb covered the children of Israel so that the death angel passed over them and didn't kill their firstborn. 
Everyone who didn't have the blood of Christ on the door, or the blood of the, of the lamb on the doorpost, their firstborn died. But if you had the blood of the lamb, then you were passed over. It was the blood. It was the blood. It was the blood of the lamb that caused the death angel to pass over. Jesus was crucified on Passover. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that causes the death angel to pass by you. He was in the ground during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. During that feast, there was not, they were to eat nothing that had leaven in it. Leaven in the Bible is a type of sin. Jesus was in the ground during the Feast of Unleavened Bread because there was no sin in him. He didn't have any sin. He was a root out of dry ground. He didn't need nothing from the earth because he wasn't from the earth. And Jesus was in the ground during the Feast of, first of Unleavened Bread. But following Passover, and I'm almost done, following Passover... And following unleavened bread is the feast of first fruits. And on first fruits, Jesus rose. <laughs> to be the firstborn among many brethren. See, I don't need a 10-step, a 12-step program to help me. I don't need, I don't need a good counselor to counsel me. I don't need a psychiatrist to tell me that I'm having trouble because when I was little, my mom bumped my head on the floor and, and dis disrupted my brain patterns. I don't, I don't need a psychiatrist to help me work my way through all my difficulties and addictions. I, I don't need that. All I needed to be was reborn. Wow. <laughs> you, you see, the devil picked up on that idea. The devil thought this was a good idea, this reborn thing. He thought this was a good idea. So he came up with a religion. I think they call it Hinduism. I think that's what they call it. And you go through life, and then you die, and somewhere along the line, you're born again. You may have been a tadpole before, but this time you may come back as a cricket. And then you die, next time you may come back as a bull. And then you die, next time you may come back as a bottom of the caste system. You may come back as a, as a sweeper or, a, or someone that empties the garbage can or someone that cleans up nasty stuff. And then you die and you may come back again. And eventually, if you keep following Hinduism, you'll eventually come back and you'll be a priest or you'll be a prince or you'll be somebody rich or you'll be somebody great. Why? Because you have to go through all these dying and rebirth, dying and rebirth, dying and rebirth, dying and rebirth. In order Now, if you die and you didn't do good, you know, when you were a cricket, if you, if you died and you didn't do good, then you may come back as a tadpole. So you're trying to always do good so whenever you come back again, you can be something else, something better. You know, so you're continually trying to do good because it's a good idea. God, the devil took hold of this death, burial, and re-resurrection. He said, that's a good idea. Let's make a religion out of it. What did I tell you about religion? It separates you from God. So if the devil looked at it and said it was a good idea, and he played on it, then it must have been God that came up with it because the devil just copies. He's not original in anything. He only copies. And so God brought back his only begotten son, and he resurrected him. And when he resurrected, he was the firstborn among many brethren, the first fruits of a new life. So whenever I give up my spirit and I give up my ways, and I submit myself unto Christ, and His blood washes away my sins, then I am resurrected. I was unholy, but now I'm holy. 
I don't, I'm feeling a lots of I'm feeling a lots of emotions and I'm feeling a lots of movement in my spirit right now. I know you, you may not be, but I am. So forgive me for just a minute if I if I have a spell. When you step into that pool, you're in that pool demonstrating what God has done for your spirit. I can't put anybody in that water. I mean, I realize I'm young and virile and strong and all those things. But if you didn't want to go in, I can't get you in. And I can't force you under. But if you release your spirit and you release it all to God and you willingly let me put you in a water grave, then you can be resurrected symbolically to a new life. Do you get it? Death, burial, resurrection. Death, burial, resurrection. See, Jesus doesn't want to better you. He don't want you to be a better husband. He don't want you to be a better boyfriend. He don't want you to be a better citizen. He don't want you to be a better, a better, a better person. He don't want you to be kinder. He don't, he don't want you to change your life. He wants to rebirth you and give you a new life to where when people see Tabby, they say, what happened to her? <laughs> Never mind, bad example. Okay, we move over here. <laughs> to where they say, what happened to her? When they say Christy or William, they say, what's happened to them? When they see Kenneth or, or, or any of you, when they see you that knew you before, they say, what happened to you? What happened to them? That's not the person I knew before. You're right. Congratulations. You noticed. You're not the person you were. I've been resurrected. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I was a child of the devil, but now I'm a son and join heir with Jesus Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives within me. The things that I now do, I do under the grace of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, but I walk according to his will. Ha <laughs> ha! My God. I love preaching. Okay, you've been here long enough. We need to let you go. Stand with me tonight, today. Not tonight yet. This afternoon. Stand with me this afternoon. I didn't start till afternoon, though. I didn't. So don't tell somebody that he kept us from morning to afternoon. I did not. <laughs> Kathy, could I get you to come to the piano real quick, please? Real quick. I want to do one more thing this morning before I let you go. Bow your heads with me, if you would, please. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you, Father God, for your anointing. God, I pray, Lord God, that the words I've spoken today, that they've been very clear, oh God. I pray, God, that the concepts that you've given in your word, oh God, I pray, Lord God, that I explain them adequately, Lord God, under your anointing. I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would touch our hearts, our minds, and our souls, God. And Father God, I give you praise for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. As Kathy prays, plays this morning, I just want to ask you one question. This morning you say, I need to be reborn. I don't want to just be a better version of what I was. I want to be reborn in Christ. If that's you this morning, then I, I want you just to lift your hand. Is there anybody here this morning that says, I need a rebirth? I need to be changed. I need to, I need God to take me from death to life. I want to change the way I am. 
Anybody else this morning? Those of you that have your hands lifted, I want you to pray this prayer with me, would you? Heavenly Father, help me to change my life. I surrender my thoughts and my actions to you. I will become a lover of you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my shortcomings. Forgive me of everything that stands between me and you. I want to become holy and come into relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, just real quickly, I'd like for you to come down here, please. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning, we're not going to take a long time. We're at the, we're at the end of this thing. I'm smelling the chicken and dumplings and dressing. I'm smelling all kind of aromas. We're going, we're going to get this thing on the road. Come on down with me this morning, would you? Would somebody come down here to stand with them this morning? Would you come down here and stand with them? One person with each one, please. Come and stand with them this morning. Why don't y'all turn and face the audience, please? Just real quick. We're going to do this real quick. I want you just to take somebody's hand that is down here, and I want you to pray with them that God would. Could I get some ladies over here? A few ladies, come on down. I want you just to take their hands real quickly, and I want you to pray that God would help them to fulfill the commitment they made this morning. Help them to fulfill it. If you're in the audience, would you lift your hands this way? Heavenly Father, we pray this morning, oh God, Lord, that you would take the commitment that's been made this morning, God, and you, oh God, would touch them, would protect them, would keep them, oh God. Thank you, Lord God, for the things that they said to you this morning, Lord. And now we pray, Almighty God, that you would honor them, God that you would anoint them, God, that you would give them peace, oh God. Hallelujah. Let your love touch them, God. Hallelujah. Make them new, God. Make them new, God. Make them new, God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence. Thank you, Lord God, for your love, oh God. And now we pray, Almighty God, give them peace, give them love, God. Help them, Lord God, in Jesus' name, God, to honor the commitment, oh God. Hallelujah. Oh, Holy Spirit, be strong within their minds, their bodies, their souls, God. And let the glory of the Lord touch their life, oh God. Father, we thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 Would you give him a hand clap this morning? Thank you for being with us this Easter Sunday morning. We appreciate it so much. Uh, we're going to, some people believe in fasting and praying, and we believe in that, but we also believe in feasting and believing. <laughs> so today we're going to feast. We've believed, now we're going to feast. And uh, we thank you for all everything that's been made back there, everything that's been prepared. My wife now is going to give you some direction. Can I have your attention, please? <laughs> okay, listen. If you didn't bring food, there's plenty. I've got some of my some of my girls doubled up just for visitors. So there's plenty of food, especially brisket and ham. If you don't have anything else back there, there's about 25 briskets and ham. So, yeah. But I also want you to let the young at heart go first, and I also want you to remember that there's probably 150 people behind you in line or more. So get 
a normal portion and then come back through for, for seconds, if you don't mind, so that everybody, because the ones at the end of the line just get the leftovers. So let's leave them some good stuff too. So y'all follow me back there and get right behind me in line. I'm just kidding. We're young at heart. So just please, the young at heart, if you want to start, just go through this door and line up. And if you want to, there's a salad, a salad tables out in the middle, kind of in the middle. There's a drink station and a dessert station. Okay, if you'd stand still for just a moment, let's bless the food. Heavenly Father, thank you for this service, O oh God, and thank you for this time of fellowship, Lord. Thank you for the food that's been prepared. Thank you for the nation that we live in, God, such a nation of bounty, Lord God. Father God, thank you for those that have sacrificially, Lord God, given. And now, Lord God, we pray, Father, bless this food and bless this time of fellowship. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God hold bless up, hold you. up, hold up. I think the Easter now egg what? hunt is first. Easter John, egg hunt is first. John, are the eggs ready? Yeah.